Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, our guest, he is the CEO of one of those tech companies here in British Columbia that's been experiencing a ton of growth in the wake of the pandemic. Thought Exchange, based in the interior over in Rossland, it is best known for developing a platform that crowdsources ideas from groups that could range from, say, 10 to 100,000 people. In addition to being the CEO of Thought Exchange, Dave McLeod is also the author of Scaling Conversations, How Leaders Access the Full Potential of People. That book comes out on Tuesday, and it really ties into the company's mission statement. And Dave, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. It's awesome to be here. Thanks, Tyler. So i got to ask, it's been a whirlwind year, especially for a company like yours. You know, why take the time to write a book? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it turns out I was starting to write the book uh, just before the whirlwind uh, came upon us last uh, January, February, I just just embarked on such a thing, um, and so it was more like momentum to to ensure that I got the book out because it became more urgent as uh, the pandemic sort of reach reframed our whole working environment and living environment. Well, so did the the framing of the book, did it change at all after, you know, kind of the pandemic? We also have a lot of uh, companies making better efforts, I think, at inclusion and diversity just over the past year as well. Did you have to kind of rethink anything as you went through and wrote this book? Uh, rethink the urgency is what I would what I would say. So um, as a company, we've been around for just about uh, just over a decade now and been working on scaling the most important conversations um, and had been really trying to help organizations tackle not only just how they can improve the revenue, but how they can listen to people on if there's issues around systemic racism or uh, inclusion, the ability to do that. All of a sudden, uh, this might sound arrogant um, or futurist or something, but it felt like all of a sudden the imperative of our company, everyone suddenly got it. Oh, I get it. Um, we don't have to get everyone in a room and maybe we're not including everybody and maybe thought exchange is a really interesting sort of a concept. And now that everybody's at home, how do I scale a conversation to include them? Because frankly, we don't know how to do that. Well, it, it's also kind of a different play for you guys because you had the platform in, you know developed before everything went down over the last year as well, as opposed to I, I, I don't know if I want to say Johnny come lately, but it would be a different play if a company started to work on this idea after the you know big, big kind of demand came for it in the middle of the pandemic. Agree. Um, and I think there's two sides to that. I think there's there's um, it'd be an understatement to say that we didn't sharpen up and I didn't start to better understand my own responsibility to help people with the conversation, particularly as a white CEO named Dave, um, that I need to actually leverage my unearned privilege. And that whole conversation was something that I, I accelerated my knowledge of certainly rapidly um, after George Floyd's killing, et cetera. Um, but on the other side of the coin is, I mean, we used to try to convince a behavior change. Listen, you don't have to fly your team to Orlando. You literally can hear from thousands of people in a more effective way because you're taking away their bias. You can do that now. And people, eh, but Orlando's got Disney World. And, you know, it might not be efficient, but we just like the way we're doing things right now to hear from people. We do it once a year. We fly everybody together. We do our offsite, whatever that is. The old way, we came in and said, we can change your behavior. But we were the disruption before and then all of a sudden the world got disrupted and we're no longer the disruption we've sort of become the solution okay now everybody's distributed how do we actually scale a conversation 
and we were sort of like, hey, we're here, we can help you. Well, yeah, you bring up kind of the fact like we can bring everybody all together into like one conversation, but there's also kind of this, these other factors that the platform offers, you know, this anonymity that you wouldn't otherwise get if you're in like a big ballroom with people. And I, do you think that there's kind of the potential for people to have like more authentic conversations and what you guys are offering as well? <laughs> I have a slide in my uh, deck that I just put together for presentations. It says, uh, it's funny, everyone I talk to agrees with me, said every leader ever. Um, there's a, the other thing that's happened that's kind of new and exciting is that people are, are admitting, Hey, I might have a bias, um, or maybe everyone doesn't tell me the truth, or maybe there is a fear of telling me if people feel my strategy is flawed, or I might not have the perfect thinking as a leader, maybe they're, they don't feel comfortable or they might be a career limiting move to tell me. So there's almost like a new epiphany that's happened in leadership to acknowledge that a bit. Um, whereas we used to hear a lot of, you know what, if people need to say something, they should say it to my face. Um, and now people are acknowledging maybe there's some actual things in place that makes it difficult for a lot of people to say exactly what they think. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a value now, but it's a shared value in leadership to say, I actually empathize with people that maybe don't feel like they're heard. And I want to try to find a way to hear from them. No, I, I I don't know the answer to this, and I, I'm curious. So, like, are have you guys been able to go back to clients, ask you know how things went, figure out like what were some of the tangibles that came out of a lot of the conversations that unfolded? I mean, a lot. Um, so there's there's certainly um, I can name a whole bunch of clients um, that sometimes it's really it's simple things you know they they have a sales meeting of 500 people they never actually thought to ask everybody what they think because typically they do it over a conference call people would listen in or they'd gather everyone together and again talk uh, at them and then now they find a way to actually hear back from people in real time and so what are they learning jeepers everything um the truth is when you add in unbiased collective intelligence to a conversation you learn a lot every single time. Um, the new thing is that leaders are sort of willing to learn and they're open uh, open to learning from people in that way. Okay, so, so we've been talking a little bit about what you guys specialize in, what you're known for, but if somebody's cracking open Scaling Conversations, the new book, what can they expect from that? What, what's kind of the conversation that you're uh, kind of uh, unfolding within the, those pages? Yeah, um, you know, it boils down to something that's pretty simple, which is, um, as humans, I think our our competitive advantage since the dawn of humans was our ability to, to talk, our ability to converse, our ability to chat with people outside, like our kin group, to be able to like trade and to, to the point that eventually we have phones in our pocket to be able to like check in things. But since forever, we've been able to converse, except that when we first started conversing, when there's a group of six or seven people, we sort of know that there was a whole invention of something called a talking stick. And, and that was because everyone should have a chance to say something. It was like the first technology to ensure that people could actually get a great group outcome because they acknowledged that maybe everyone wouldn't talk unless they had some sort of process. Um, when you get over six or seven people, that just falls apart. There's no actual way to hear from people when you get over six or seven. When was the last time you were in a really great discussion with 25 people? It just doesn't scale. So you need a digital way to actually scale the essence of a conversation and hint, it's not the first person saying something really loud and everyone giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. 
It's giving everyone the access to be able to share their thinking. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because I was uh, I was at the park uh, last week with a group of friends. There's four of us, and somebody pointed out that if it was like like two more people were there, it would have just naturally kind of broken off to two different conversations. Whereas we had like four people that could have like one ongoing conversation with everybody. So it's if you're trying to scale it up, like you're even kind of messed up just when you get to six people. That's right. Yeah, four or five is pretty good. Six, you start to say, eh, I might need a maybe a facilitator to say, hey, Tyler, why don't you go first? And then and then six, seven, eight, it's kind of like okay with somebody facilitating the discussion. You talk, you talk, you talk. And then you get to 10 and it's toast. You're, you, you can't. You can't do it anymore. There's no way to hear from a group of people, 10 or more. And the same thing, by the way, uh, in Slack or Teams, if you notice a thread or an email thread, you know, an email thread with 15 people, or you're in a Slack thread with 15 people, it's not like all 15 people are sharing their thoughts and getting heard. It's like three people are, and everyone's going like, I don't agree, but I'm not going to touch that. Um, four people in a thread works no problem. Um, well, so maybe I can shift gears over to the business side of things as well. Uh, just over the last year, like obviously you guys are, are quite busy right now. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about you is where you're based. And I, I maybe I put like uh, based in quotation marks because you guys have kind of a, a, a remote centered sort of workforce. And it's been like that before the pandemic. And just tell me a little bit how you guys were kind of... Um, unknowingly extremely well prepared for what unfolded over the last year with remote working and just the ability to scale up even recruitment efforts. Right. Um, the, the annoying part of what happened during COVID is that everybody caught on to our secret. Um, and the secret is that you can hire awesome people from anywhere and they're going to work really hard for you and you don't have to engage them because they're super engaged and they're intelligent and they're aligned and, um, all you really need to do is make sure you're you're clear with their goals and they can work from anywhere around the world. I'm in uh, Rossland, BC right now. Uh, I like to make a distinction just to burn into people's minds that I don't like to think of anybody as remote. I like to think of it as a distributed team because remote kind of means there's a center somewhere and the other people not in the center are therefore remote from the center. And they must therefore be, hey, if I'm remote, can I still be a leader? Whereas I'm in, I'm in Rawson. We have a team all across Canada and people in the States. Um, we work all over the place and I just happen to be here, but we have a distributed team. And on the first day of the pandemic and, and COVID is not uh, funny in any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I said something in the first day of the pandemic, which was, wow, hey, it's so great to see everybody uh, at home on their Zoom calls. Um, and the reason I was a joke is because nothing had changed for us. Um, right. It, it was just, it was like, everyone's like, yeah, it's the same. There, we had a few pods of offices people weren't going to, but yeah, we, we didn't change much, but the rest of the world suddenly looked a whole lot like thought exchange. Was there a few moments, a few days, or even like a week or two of uncertainty about whether the company would move forward? You guys had that big capital raise just uh, weeks or months prior, I should say. Um, but I think there was a lot of global uncertainty going on, or, or were you just that confident that uh, you guys were just kind of made for that moment? Huh. So talk about a, a paradox of experience. So um, as the rest of the world this time last year, um, so we had, we basically, customers stopped paying us, full stop. We just had no money for a bit, money off, invoicing, impossible. Um, people were at home and they're like, I don't even know how to write a check to pay for something. 
And so, and I've talked to a lot of other people in uh, companies around the world. And I was like, yeah, that was a pretty common, do we have any customers left? But the other side of that coin is that our usage went up a thousand percent year over year over the first weeks of the pandemic. And so people weren't paying us, but we we're like, they will. Our company's fine. Let's just support them. And if they're late, who cares? Let's just, they, they've got a big need right now. Let's just, we, we even signed up new customers and they're even not I'm sure how we're going to pay you through this. And we were like, that's fine. Um, we just have to have faith that we called it a Woodstock moment, which is, you know what? Just let them all in. Um, because the usage is going up so much and we don't know exactly how to get procurement and how to get uh, all the finance on, on the right page when people figured it out. But, you know, sure enough, they figured it out and people are good on their word. And my experience is if you trust people, uh, they pay back. So moving forward, you know, what are your goals as a business, you know, in maybe the coming year or maybe there's even like a five-year plan that you, you have like big designs for? Big design. Um, yeah, I believe that the discussion management and um, I mean, we're, we're an enterprise discussion management platform, meaning we can scale a conversation to thousands of people, but it, it's powered through collective intelligence. And I think it's either going to be us or a, competitor, a competitor that beats us. But if I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen, but I think it's going to be a space that will be become really well known. I mean, the experience market and online surveys wasn't really a thing all that long ago. And I think discussion management and collective intelligence are about to be every organization is going to be grappling with how do you have a conversation in real time versus something that takes six months to roll out with a set of meetings. What if you could talk to all 10,000 people in your bank, you know, tomorrow will be a competency that people will just be like, I, I need tech that does that. So we're, I, you know, I think we're on the front of early days of something that's very, very big. It's just fascinating to me because there's just been like this stream of BC companies, tech companies that seem to be made for this moment. You're in that cohort and it's very awesome. So I'll extend my congratulations once again. You and I will keep in contact for sure. But for anyone who is watching or listening, I just want to mention again that Scaling Conversations, How Leaders Access the Full Potential of People, it is on bookshelves on Tuesday. And Dave, just want to thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you having me. That's Dave McLeod. He is CEO of Thought Exchange, and that is it for the show today and this week. But we will be back next week, of course. And for more stories and more interviews, you can go to BIV.com. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. I want to thank everybody for listening.